This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer! Hi, Richard. How are you? I am fabulous. Well, I'm actually doing well. I have just a couple more days before I'm off until to all those places. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Till you're off on your extended vacation. So uh, we won't be seeing you for uh, whatever, a couple of weeks, right? So no, we I hope we, one we, in, did, we? we did, but I do believe we'll squeeze some more in. I'll be, <laughs> I'll take an afternoon off of diving and um, scuba diving <laughs> for my birthday week. You know, I um, think we should try to do a scuba diving uh, session if we could. You know, why not? You're underwater. I'm in etheric <laughs> space here. Do you want to talk about the submarine a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, gosh, it's been only a few days since you know that happened, and what a tragedy! Tell us, I know what. So tell us what. I'm sure people must have called you about it. They did. They did. My agents did early on. And I just, I actually got the word imploding and I didn't want to be right. Cause I'm, I'm on these cases, on situations like this, you never want to have that happen, right? Ever. And so when I was getting that, like it literally broke in half and combusted, like it imploded and they all died on impact. That was, I mean, if you had to die, that would be a better, I don't know. If, if, not that you had to die. A faster way to go. Yeah. Then. Well, you know, the, the families were all concerned about um, they, their breathing. They knew beforehand, but they had to do their d due diligence to make sure, you know, but yeah. it was very, you know, my, I don't get any feedback. So whether my agents knew before that or whatever, it didn't matter. They're like, you were absolutely right, you know, when it came out in the news a couple days later. But it was just it's still such a sad event. And then we have Russia, everything that's going on with Russia right now, which is very. <laughs> yeah, the world is, uh, you know, stirred up. And for those joining us on our podcast, Hacking the Afterlife, want to welcome them driving in their car, be careful, watch where you're going. Uh, and those tuning in for the first or the last time, we're happy to help talk about the process of talking to loved ones on the other side. And in that vein we have our friend Luana Anders on the flip side who helps us navigate this class and you know I always ask so Lou that's her name L-U-A-N-A Anders.com and Luana is there anyone that you want to bring forward today that we can talk about or talk with hmm. Billy Paxton notice how I got his name right right <laughs> off the bat that's right after forgetting his name a couple of weeks ago and he's um, just, just ask he's like billy paxton that's Thanks. funny what do you want to say bill we're always you're always welcome here we're always happy to talk to you okay right he's showing me the submarine and then he's also showing me james cameron who also came out and said the same thing um, based upon his knowledge and, you know. Expertise, yeah, he's an expert in that field for sure. Um, there's something about Arabic being in a tank that exploded, like, I don't know. He's trying to show me how he's it exploded. showing you the process. I know that uh, Jim Cameron had mentioned that the 
sub wasn't certified and that they hadn't gone through all the proper testing. And he, you know, he pointed out the irony of being looking at the Titanic when the captain of that ship did this thing of charging into a moonless night in a sea of icebergs without sort of realizing that that was a mistake. And he likened the choices that were made to send this submarine down to be equal to that. Um, but Bill, uh, so what do you want? What was your what's your impression of talking to us, or what do you want to talk about? Is that what you want to talk about? He's saying there's people dying everywhere from all sorts of different things. You know, um, like you do your best to keep your kids safe. You you try to keep yourself safe. I think that just definitely wasn't the right decision. People make mistakes all the time yeah. on the planet. And without, you know, it's sometimes Jennifer and I will directly try to talk to people involved in an incident. And in this case, I doesn't seem like the right thing to do because their oh. family's not asking Jennifer to, and they can. But Bill, let's talk about you for a, for a moment here. Here you are. Uh, stopping by to visit us. What's it like for you? So what he said, he goes, here, I was doing something to help me and still died. Right. So, right. I'm so sorry, audience. I didn't finish the rest of what he was saying. He's like, yeah, that was unsafe, but I, you know, we do our best to keep ourselves alive. But even then I was trying to keep myself alive by going into surgery. And then that happened. He's like, maybe it's the luck of the draw. Maybe it's the, you know, maybe it could have, not happened again we have to get out of judgment in every way but well i was writing about this yesterday on my blog richmartini.com which was about the way we talk about death we have this thing you know so and so dead at age blah and since this research demonstrates and quite a bit of research demonstrates consciousness is not confined to the brain the idea of saying these things, we need a new language. So Elvis has left the building. You say so-and-so has left, and then we can talk about their accomplishments on stage and what they did and what they mean to us. Go ahead. He's very happy for RJ, who graduated last week. That's awesome. Chuck is very proud. Chuck just came through, too. Thank you, Charles Grodin. We appreciate that. Um, we like, think about you all the time. Because that happened fast. <laughs> yes. Well, Chuck, you are RJ's godfather. So I'm, I forgot about that. That's just fun that he would stop by to say hi. It was a, we had a fun time. I filmed it and made a little film for RJ, you know, about his graduation. So that's great. You know, celebrating. But, you know, again, this idea we celebrate those who've crossed over. Right. And we, we don't have to, I mean, we, grief is, of course, palpable and real and people have to go through it in their own way but we as a group of people spend a lot of time talking about the tragedy and talk about the to avoid our own tragic circumstances instead of lauding the kind of work it took to come to the planet and the kind of difficulties they had yeah. whatever it is what I just got shown what actually uh, I was with Jessica Alba this last week and we were part of this Sedona group because we went to her birthday in Sedona. And so there's like eight of us and she put on the, she put on the thread, a book that I've read before 
and I'm, I'm going to correlate this to some of your books. Like, so it's Dr. Brian Weiss. And some of people might know who he is. He's a, um, a very well-known, like he, his first book, his many lives, many masters was actually my first spiritual book that I actually covered with a brown paper bag. Cause I thought my husband might think it's a sex book or even worse a, cause many lives, many masters or even worse. <laughs> oh, that's a good a one. A spiritual book. And so I would hide it and read it. And I eventually met Brian Weiss, who's fabulous. And, but this book is called one, uh, many lives, one soul. And it's a book that he wrote in 2007. I've already, I've listened to it before, but it's been many, many years. And so I started listening to it and it gave me so much comfort, like your divine counsels, your book on divine counsels gives a lot of people comfort that there's so much more to this life than just what we see or what we feel, or just being here. We have guidance from so many different great sources. You know, and, you know just to the, encapsulate a little bit dr brian weiss was a yale psychiatrist working in miami who had a client who had a psychosomatic illness and during a regression therapy session recalled a lifetime where that's where the issue came from and by accessing it the issue went away so he started to use that as a technique he's had four thousand cases since then um, and one of them, I'd like to ask you a little bit about this. There is one that he mentioned where he recalled in a second book, it might even be this book you're talking about, where he, one of his clients recalled a lifetime in Jerusalem, and they saw him there in Jerusalem, saw Dr. Weiss there. Same soul, many bodies. That's Same it. soul, Sorry. many bodies. But in the in this book, the client saw Dr. Weiss in at the Via Della, Via Della Rosa when he was Jesus was carrying the cross up the steps, okay, and said, "But Dr. Weiss, I'm seeing that you were there." Now, Dr. Weiss had never told anybody that he had had a past life regression where he recalled knowing Jesus, talking to Jesus, inviting him over to his ho home for dinner and having deep philosophical discussions with Jesus about all kinds of things, which is a whole different way to look at, at Jesus's journey, as opposed to just being out with the people all the time. This yeah. was like an intellectual in Jerusalem, and he was startled and shocked to see what had happened to Jesus. He was being arrested, etc. But his client identified him by the kind of weird piping he had on his toga. It was like orange, and it was very unique. And so now here was a client saying, and you were there. So I have a question. We talked to Jesus a couple of weeks ago, last week, I think. I have a question for Jesus. And, and let me ask, does he, does he, well, does Luana want to talk about this now? Or she can always change my. And she put it in your head, even though I'm not. Okay, very good. All right. I, so can, let, let's just put it this way. Can Jesus come forward and have a conversation with us? Saying Archangel Michael wants to. Archangel Michael wants to, but is he going to answer the questions I have for Jesus? Yeah. yeah he is. Okay. All right. So they're working together. They're working together. So first things. I just know that I'm not thinking of Archangel Michael. Let me just give me a second. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. 
Archangel Michael has information correlating to what you're going to ask from him. Okay, very good. All right, thank you. Um, I can't. This is no. This Jennifer is, has no idea what I'm going to ask. This relates to something that happened to me last week, and and so let's just put it this way: I want to ask Jesus about a Roman soldier that assisted him, that did him a favor. And if Michael knows what I'm talking about, because he has the answer, he does. Okay, let's just call that what that is. But first, let's ask, what does Michael look like to you when you're viewing somebody self-identifying as such? He, just the way he feels, and by Luana, I trust what Luana tells me. So when she says Archangel Michael, I'm going to believe it. Okay. Okay, very good. I just was curious. For those of you out there, this is very challenging. I have just learned just to go with it. And if I was, and if I was forcing something, I would have said, Jesus is here. He's right here. Do you yeah. know what I, mean? I know what you're saying. So I'm getting that Archangel Michael, for whatever reason, we need to speak to him about this situation with the Roman soldier. And I have been working with Jennifer for eight years, weekly. And yeah. I've, I've come to see that I can just ask a very specific question that she doesn't know anything about. And she will give her best interpretation of what she's getting directly. And so we're not going to chastise you for saying that Michael's here. Some I have talked to him, quote unquote, through other people. And he's, you know, he self-identifies as an archangel as opposed to a regular angel. Let's just put it that way. Um, but here's my question. This... Roman soldier that did Jesus a favor. How accurate is that story that I heard last week? He's saying it's not completely accurate. He says that he's telling. So give me a second. Okay, um, please. And I don't. I, I have no. I have no desire to, for it to be accurate or inaccurate. No, no. I know that. I know that. So I just want me, you to know that. Yeah. Why? Because it feels like it's different. He says that. Um, the Roman soldier, just give me a second. So did this Roman soldier do something to Jesus? Is that what you're... He As said, a favor. So okay. did, did a favor for him. He says he did something that he helped him more than what he's telling. So it's even more so. So that's why it's not as... Even more, more than the word favor. A bigger, bigger than the favor. Is that what he means? Right. That or was... The, and he's showing me that that was decided... A long time like that was decided before the favor was granted is that correct right. okay and decided by who decided by their friends and compatriots or by somebody off planet uh, you know off stage all of the above all of the above okay they sort of work together on it and and it, listen let me ask this simple question it, it can you give jennifer the name of this soldier if he had a name, as best you can. And it, just the sound of the name doesn't have to be spelling. It's interesting because it almost feels like something like Constantine or, or something that's, you know, I got Saul for one thing, and then I came back to something that, um, I just, give me a second. It wasn't Constantine, but why did you show me Constantine? Okay. I'm still so confused. Well, let me, if I may, was his his name was Saul, 
And was the cohort or legion that he was in something to do with Constantine? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to translate what I'm getting. Well, so I well, I was getting that, but then I'm like under Constantine's rule. Like I, I'm still. Yeah, no, I understand. It would that would be like a, a, a you know part of the legion. It's something I can look up. So what happened to this fella? Do you want to show it to Jennifer, or do you want me to be specific about what we're talking about? Oh. Jennifer just saw what that I'm talking about. Go ahead. What did you, what are you seeing? He was killed. He was killed. And how, how was he killed? Just give you a visual. My visual was an arrow through the heart. An arrow through the heart. Okay. And was he standing, sitting, uh, He's walking, walking and, and who, who did him in? Somebody from Constantine's. So, another soldier. Yeah. Okay. He died after leaving. So I don't know if he left Jesus and then died or whatever it was. Okay, or... after leaving, that would yeah, that would imply something about after he did this favor that he so so let I so Michael, this is important to me, maybe not so much to our listeners, but do you, would you show Jennifer what the favor was that this soldier Saul did for Jesus, somebody that felt like a, it felt like it was some type of escape route. Escaping, okay, some kind of a way means of escape. Well, I don't, I don't know if did, that. Let me happened. let me ask: Is did they switch places in any way? That's my question. Yeah, that's it. They switch places. Well, okay. they, they just went like this. You went like, like that. That's correct. I have no idea. All right, I know it. you don't. That's and that's why I'm asking it this way. Did they switch places before he was? Uh, tortured and put on the cross or after? After. After. That's what it feels like. Okay. All right. Well, that puts a different spin on why I'm asking this question. So, so he did this. Wait a second. Go ahead. After. After. So, so he was replaced in the tomb. So in other words, he was in the tomb Jesus was, he was, he bought time for the, something like that. He bought time for him. Yeah. I heard this unusual story that there was a fella that switched places with Jesus at some point in his ordeal. And that's what I'm trying to get to the heart of. Did he, did they switch him out before Jesus went on the cross and Saul went on the cross instead? Everything that I'm getting feels like something was done in the tomb after after okay very good no and, and that clarifies things because you know i've had people tell me the story and if that's the case then that kind of makes sense but did he get wounded in his own way and so they could substitute him or he just looked like him he just looked like him okay this is what i heard that there was a roman soldier who looked so much like jesus and he was a follower of jesus that he did this favor of switching sure. places. He offered to switch places. He offered to switch places. Offered so the, Jesus wouldn't do it. So the ordeal that Jesus went through was the ordeal that Jesus went through. Anyway, that's yeah. the question. So, Michael, what else do you want to talk about, Michael, that I have you? I, I, that can't be the only question I ask you. The reason why he came through versus Jesus is because it's an, he had he was there when this happened. And it was just a different take, you know. I don't know. That was interesting. This is about just, um, right. His perspective was different. So let me ask you, Michael: Is my is my account 
that's in the book, The Greatest Story Never Told as Told by Jesus and Those Who Knew Him. Is it accurate? 98% accurate. It's what? 98% accurate. 90% or 98%? 98. 98. I'm just trying to... Can I put that on the cover of the book? (laughs) Michael says... All right, well, Luana, I, I, I know we don't have a lot of time with Jennifer. I want to bring it back to you. That was my personal question, had to do with my book. Lou, what do you want to focus on? Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Jesus for bringing Michael. Yes. Luana, back to you. Who do you want, else do you want us to talk about or consider? They wanted to talk about RJ and how New York is going to be waiting for him in some capacity. Yeah. RJ in New York. Okay, my son, who just graduated high school, he talked about maybe going to NYU. Uh, Got to get in. <laughs> but oh, that's interesting. And what what occupation is are we talking about? You know, you know, musician. I mean, I feel a musician. Musician. Okay, well, he was talking but about that. Like, but like a a composer. That's exactly what he was talking about uh, the other day. He just it kind of came to him. I feel like he's going to be a great composer from what I'm picking up on from Luana. Luana is so, I mean, there's just, I mean, Auntie, Auntie. Auntie, my mom, mom, the concert pianist. Um, Whose who's anniversary is it that's coming up? Uh, mom's birthday at the end of this month, Auntie. Oh. Outside of soon, end of next month, I forget. They're what? saying happy to me. Happy birthday to you. That's right. Your birthday's coming up. Very good. Listen, you know, when your child graduates, and I'm sure Jennifer has gone through this with both her beautiful children, and every parent does, you know, what do you want to do? And you can't really ask the question because you know it's whatever it is they're going to do is the right thing. So in his case, though, just the other day, started talking about like Hans Zimmer, what he does, composing music for movies. Yeah, composer, uh, like a very intricate composer. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's great. I mean, that's something he loved to do. I, Jennifer, you've never heard him play the piano? I did the other day. I oh, I, I, I posted him doing the theme from Succession. Succession. Which he didn't read. He just heard it and played it, which is, he's pretty good at that. She said the apple, but I think it came from your mom. <laughs> yeah, the it bypassed me. <laughs> I yeah. could play the theme song of our show, but we're me. very excited for Sherry as well. Say again. We're very excited for Sherry. Like she's just diving into. She's just doing really well. They're saying. In terms of her uh, sort of focus. Yeah, in terms of her focus. That's very good and very interesting. Um. She had a big breakthrough, it feels like, a couple of weeks she, ago. Okay, and I, I don't really want to go deeply into it, but today they announced that they might have found the remains of my old pal, Julian Sands, up in the mountains. Wow. And uh, she, Jennifer, or Jennifer, my wife, Sherry, had a very profound, because she met him, and we had dinner with him, and she had a very profound uh, message from him back in January. And I forwarded it on to his uh, to people who could send it to his family. And I won't say what it is, but it, I, I'll just say that it was very profound, very moving, and uh, you know, very. It appears to be kind of accurate. 
So, but she asked me not to talk about it. <laughs> Other than, you know, if Julian wanted to come through, of course, Julian, do you want to stop by and say hi? Well, he said back then, he said that we said that it wouldn't be found. He wouldn't be found until about now. Yeah, you did. That's right. We did say that. Yeah, he's just mentioning right. things we told you. So, uh, Julian, what what you would you like? Remember, remember that I'm not there. It's just my body, but I'm not there. Don't go through more grief, he's saying. He's like, I'm doing great. I'm having a lot of fun over here. <laughs> what? Well, tell us about it. What was, what's it like for you? Kilimanjaro. He's climbing Kilimanjaro. Sorry? He's climbing Kilimanjaro? He's climbing Kilimanjaro. He loved the mountains. He loved to be out climbing well, mountains. I know how he passed. I'm not saying, but he's No, saying... no, but in life he did. And that's kind of, I think, what he's still experiencing, which is that what, it, what it's like to climb mountains. Yeah. Oh, he adores you, Richard. He hears you when you talk to him. And he says, thank you. <laughs> That's very sweet. He says he gets you to go climbing in your dreams. <laughs> I have climbed. I've been up to Mount Kailash. We know that. Um, mm -hmm. And I wondered if I was going to make it around that mountain. Um, but Julian, anything you want to say to your friends and fans? He says, I, he goes, please know I would do that any day, all day. That's just me. He goes, it was unfortunate how, with what happened, I felt like he slept. It was unfortunate, but I'd do it all over again. So just know that it's not something that, um, keep, he's just like, keep climbing. Like everyone just keep climbing. And you so know? just, if you could give us a little, uh, of your experience, who greeted you on the on the other side? That's so interesting. He showed me this big bear greeted him. And I guess when he was younger, there was some exchange between a bear when he was hiking or something along those lines. Um, the bear almost got him. That's what it feels like. Um, like, was it scary at first to see a bear when you like leave this planet? And he goes, yeah, I didn't know where I was, <laughs> but, um. And so at what point did you realize where you were? And the bear started talking to him, telling him. <laughs> okay, and what, I'm sorry. And what did the bear have to say? What did he try to tell you? Or what did he say to you? He said, <laughs> He must have died before he did. He's like, it's time to go. <laughs> That's what he said. So basically, a, almost like a spirit guide showing up to say, now is the time to come back. I know that Native Americans consider bears as spirit animals at Buffalo yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, spirit animals are amazing. They are absolutely wonderful to connect to. So, That's and another... who are you hanging out, if I might ask, with, with? Are you hanging out with anybody, or? Bill Paxton, right now, because he's up there. Very cool. There's so many different, old, old, like, Hollywood people, it feels like. Old friends, of some... yeah. Anyone you were surprised to see? Oh, my gosh. Give me one second. Oh. Aretha Franklin. He was surprised to see her. <laughs> the queen. Yeah. 
and of course Elvis. But he goes, <laughs> it's definitely a surprise, but it's also, again, there's no hierarchy. So it wasn't like a, it was just like, oh, okay. This is how it works. Right. This is how it works. <laughs> I would be I would be neglectful. I didn't ask any messages for Evgenia, your wife, or your three kids. He says I love them. He says he visits each one of them. Each one of them. Oh, and and did you did one of them recognize that you had visited them just afterwards? Because I think that was part of the message. Uh, yeah. One and of them. And then one of them also, I think, is a climber. I'm not sure. But he's just saying, don't stop because of what happened to me. Like, follow your dreams. Like, follow whatever you're passionate about. Every, and he, he shows me, like, in every sport and everywhere, like, I'm going diving. Diving can be dangerous, right? You just have to <laughs> figure out. Because, like, every sport is dangerous. And he's showing me football. He's showing me, you know, the, it's, you just have to, sometimes you make it, sometimes you don't. You know, it sounds like a Kit Kat commercial or a Snickers commercial. <laughs> but follow your passion, follow, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Yeah, he's very close to his family. He's definitely visiting them. That's very good. I hope that uh, somebody and passes. Especially his wife. Well, now she's going to have closure, but maybe now the, they can, the healing can begin. That's great. Yeah. Very good. All right. I have to get going. I know you have to go. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Luana. Thank you, Julian. Thanks, Michael, for stepping in, for answering our questions to the, the J-Man. And thank you, Billy Paxton. You know, you're always welcome and you always make us laugh. And we love hearing from you. And that I know, now that I know his name. And, and we love thinking about you just because you, thinking about you does make us laugh. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Love you, Jennifer. Love you. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.